Hey everyone, Tom here, Alpha Talica, back with yet another episode of the show. This is a Kill 'Em All song today, and you know it, it's interesting as we re- the, reach the latter stages of this progression through the music, the often progressive music of Metallica. You know, we're picking clean albums episode by episode in some way, and it's nice to reflect now on Kill 'Em All that I've just got Whiplash, Phantom Lord, and Seeking Destroyed left. Today, I'm talking about No Remorse, which I, I don't know. I would say is what. Like, one of the least of the, you know, celebrated tracks on the album. Certainly a bit of an obscure one, I suppose, in the grand scheme of things. Yeah, today we're doing No Remorse. Please get in touch with me, MetallicaPod, at gmail.com. If you want to come on the show, um, subscribe, support, Patreon, iTunes, all the various links that I suggest there at the start. Yeah, I want to jump straight into the song, straight into the guest. Phil, how's it going, man? Great, man. How are you doing? I'm very well, bro. Where are you calling us from today? Nashville, Nashville. Tennessee. Music City, right? Correct. Do you ever see those uh, hoodlums, Clint and Ethan, skulking around town? Um, not very often. I haven't. I haven't had a chance to meet them. I know they had their uh, big party that they do kind of annually here in the Nashville area, but uh, I haven't got a chance really to touch base with them in, in the various different uh, Metallica outings that they have had. I've, I've usually had something else going on, but uh, good group of guys, and and I follow them and uh, you closely via the podcast, and uh, you know can't say enough good things about those guys and getting into your genesis with the band then it was quite a long time ago at quite a formative stage of your life 1989 you were seven years old right correct uh got into them basically because i had an older brother who was about seven years older than me at the time and uh you know always always being the inquisitive mind at that age uh i, I probably my first stages of uh really trying to get into stuff that my older brother was doing and uh he he always loved metallica back then and uh you know i, I kind of swiped his injustice for all back then which kind of led me back into some of the older stuff be it uh master puppets and, and kill them all and things like that and and my absolute favorite probably being the, the ride to lightning album at this point and going through then like you know you were there in your what early teens or whatever when black album was coming out like, I would have loved to experience that as a fan of the band. Yeah, I mean, uh, Black Album came out in uh, 91, so I was actually, uh, oh, yeah, right, you, would like, you know, nine. Nine, or so, shit. Nine, nine or ten, yeah. and, uh, you know, pretty early on, I mean, I was kind of bashing around to the Metallica stuff at a pretty young age, um, and, and really loved it up until that point, and, uh, you know, that, that was very very formative on me both uh you know listening to music as as a fan and kind of starting to get into guitar playing there so you know how what kind of impact metallica has on on somebody at that point yeah yeah i'm pretty much exactly the same really the same slightly older but yeah totally agree with the guitar playing like their riffs are just i can't really explain i think anyone that plays guitar is going to know quite a bit of metallica just because they're quite fun they're quite ingenious I mean, t- today's a slightly different tale in terms of the conception of it, and we'll, we'll get into that fresh style in, in a moment. But, I mean, going through the timeline then, the chronology, load to say anger, that sort of period, how was that for you? Um, that period, I like to say, uh, you know, thank God for my interest in Pantera, I guess. <laughs> um I, I didn't really buy into the the load reload sure. or I mean yeah know, the great era. southern train kill is so much better than reload like <laughs> right who could deny uh, that like you know after after you kind of caught wind that they were going to basically do their their second version of load whenever they're kind of reload um sure. to me that was that was kind of a downer for me um because I really didn't enjoy that 
the bluesy feel of load that much. I know what you mean. Um, it, it wasn't the Metallica I grew up with. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, I mean, I don't hate the music, um, but it's not something that you know I'm I'm going to choose to listen to on whenever I'm you know kind of in that Metallica mood. Yeah. Um, and then you know, in my opinion, they love they kind of it was a big letdown again for Saint Anger just right. because of the quality and then the song structure and the song meanings and things like that really didn't jive with me um, as much as some of the early has, stuff. Has any of Saint, of Saint Anger grown on you? Um, I wouldn't know. I haven't listened to it in right. over ten years, um, so I, I don't think so, and I don't think it would at this point. Um, there's there's too much for me, too much other greatness in their catalog for for me to kind of really take my time to dive into something that i didn't like then or, or probably wouldn't like now <laughs> to be honest with you and just before we get into the song today very cool you head up the midwest militia the met club chapter yeah um i did for a bit and that actually switched over to um lords of sumner um once i moved to uh the nashville area right, right. but midwest militia i still um kind of had my fingers in uh for a little while um back when i lived in uh columbus ohio which is their capital kind of central ohio there um because i'm an ohio guy from from the get-go but um you know i've moved around a little bit and uh you know tried to tried to be involved uh as much as you can as a fan on on the metallica side of things getting into no remorse then i mean listening to this song is you know very much like dipping back at a moment in time Uh, it's very of its era um you know of its murder of the murder in the front row kind of aesthetic just kind of classic thrash of form that metallica were already kind of mastering i mean what what do you make of this style of music in general i mean you mentioned pantera before do you have an appreciation for this kind of older stuff or right um i think it's just the rawness of it um it's it's i think the lack of planning sometimes that goes into metallica's music sometimes gives you some of their best stuff um and you know no remorse it, is it the greatest song on kill em all no i mean but it falls kind of in line with with kind of the bigger songs on that album i mean there's breakdowns in the song that kind of reminisce of of certain parts and seek and destroy and, and things like that but you know if if metallica now created this song it probably wouldn't be far off base with some of the stuff that you even hear on um hardwired so you know i i, I like no remorse it's you know probably one of my top five on uh top four or five on um seek and destroy so you know it's a good listen for me i mean would you agree it's slightly a black sheep in terms of the track listing it's not one that gets mentioned as much i would totally agree with that um but you know since so much time has passed um that's one of those songs that you know i think anyone would consider um a treat if they put it on their set list these days you know um but you know it's it's definitely not one of the more popular talked about ones on that album for sure no i mean it is quite long and i think even if they trimmed it the kind of the the vital parts of the song don't quite measure up personally for me um against a hit the lights or a motor breath or even even a jump in the fire but yeah i still really dig the track opening with that trudgy baggy riff that's still quite tight kind of gnashing jaws of it and then a very long guitar solo opening up right uh that's you know to me i mean it's it's not a bad solo on no. uh, kirk's part i mean it's it's kind of you can tell the pressure was on him you know that's kind of his point and and really trying to acclimate himself to being a band member there whether he was actually asked to be in it or not um 
but you know you can tell it's that pressure and and probably you know fresh off seeking the advice of uh, joe satriani and and you know the pressure was on him and i think kirk performs better um whenever he's kind of in that state of mind for me anyway yeah, it's very much a mark of the era compositionally. I mean, you know, the intro guitar solo isn't anything new as kind of a mood setter. I mean, think of like Out to Get Me by Guns N' Roses, for example, has quite a bombastic solo early on. But this is just very long, and there's some impressive theatrics and dive bombs, etc. Um, it's not just a singular line, it's kind of an elongated piece, which feels more acclimatized maybe in the climax of the song, not the intro. It's an kill them all ambush as they always are um kind of descends down and resolves back into the riff that's been underneath it so it is quite drawn out amongst it all it does have a pretty wild energy and cliff is uh, audible as he always is kind of casting these humpy shapes rhythmically underneath um i you know i can't say enough for the sound of the instruments on this record i just find it quite nourishing yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, it's listening at it, you know, audibly. It's it's a it's a gem, so to speak. Um, you know, Kirk was was definitely. Um, I, I think hitting some of his high points may what you would see from him a little bit later on over the the next couple albums there, and um, you know, coming into their own and just wanting to be in your face. I think this song kind of personifies, you know, what was really to come um, from from some of their more uh not headlining tracks and, and albums to come so it's kind of uh it, it was refreshing for me whenever i first heard this song you know so many years ago um and it's always been one that's not been a track skipper for me no and you know one of the things people might point to as being an artifact of that juvenilia is hetfield's voice it it's quite high pitched at parts. It breaks. It's not in his command like it will be on subsequent records. Also, it's not recorded very well either. Um, so it makes slightly tricky listening, maybe without the lyric sheet early on. Uh, but w- what do you make of his performance and the sound of it on this song? Um, you know, it's it's kind of that classic kill 'em all Hetfield. Um, you know, as you've seen seen them get later on, say once you get into the Black Album era, I mean these songs just pop a lot more. Um, once he kind of got better vocally, but uh, you know you appreciate the the youthful energy he has here, and um, you know that it's just a staple in that album. I mean, he just kind of you can tell he's given it absolutely everything that he he can possibly give it on the vocal side, and you know sometimes that sounds good, sometimes it, it doesn't with you know with the way it kind of makes the changes in his voice and whatnot. But uh, you know, not bad. Um, definitely not his best work for sure. No, no, it is a little screechy in parts, and they employ some of the tactics that had worked early on in the album, such as Hit the Lights, where, again, here the chorus has a different rhythm. Um, as we're led into that uh, War Without End, it kind of has a jerky, dancey rhythm that plays with things. There's just lots of things that they're employing, I think, that make it such a vital listen. Um, it, it still, as I say, is recorded brilliantly, but I just think some of the... Like, it seems like there's lots of riffs thrown together, I suppose. Like, there is a lot here. Here, that they're kind of stapling uh, on top of each other that, that still really complement and there's still so many good riffs like that, da, 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 which again that kind of that figure we've heard in millions of riffs before and since but it's still uh, it's still pretty energetic yeah I agree and uh, you know once they once they actually got themselves dialed in and later on in their careers you kind of felt some more of that at a at a little bit more organized way whenever um, an album like Death Magnetic comes along. So I kind of feel like these two albums to me are 
have a, are a little bit intertwined in, in kind of the energy they tried to bring, and um, it's it's very evident on both. Um, but but kill them all, you know. It's it's where it's first started. Um, those are one of the first few albums I cut my teeth on, and and I'll always love it. Um, uh, it's it's just one of them that kind of just grew my interest in Metallica, and this song particularly um, for me was was one that grabbed a hold of me pretty early. Um, yeah, there's just there's such experimentation in the form. There are all these riffs that we've come to expect from you know the, the, the acolytes of Diamond Head, etc. But then in the in the center of the song, we get some like Tom Morello like scratching um, before another familiar riff, and then the solo on top, big quite bluesy solo, um, all with sort of Mixolydian stings in their tail, establishing these repetitive shapes that kind of climb to and fro and whatever, and eventually building to a twenty-four fret strangle as they always do. But there's some like prog moments as well at three minutes 50 um that's kind of a flurry of notes i don't really know how to better describe it but it really stands out to me as quite progressive and i don't know if cliff vied for that or whatever but i think it's really really cool and it just sort of shows you again uh, you know a signal to where they were heading really really enjoy that um it is a long song and verses and choruses come and go and you know it is i think it's like the third longest song on here and kirk's solo again isn't too mind-blowing but um you know it ends grandly as well it ends with like a sort of false ending with the drums very cool a cthulhu-esque yeah um you know kind of it, it stops and gives you that false ending right whenever you know you're like hey i really want more to this song um even though it is as long as it is and uh you know they kind of have a little uh short into it there afterwards but you know it's just a it's a good build-up for somebody who's really you know, kind of interested in that uh, that particular album of Metallica. I mean, that, this song kind of uh, personifies everything that I that I thought about. It just once you're done listening to the album itself, much like No Remorse, you just kind of like, I could take a little bit more of that, you know. Yeah. Um, but just a lot of energy, and you know, they're again, it's it's kind of the, a precursor to a lot of their songs that they've kind of based on war and things like that, that, that you know, Hetfield really got into that writing style back in those days, and you know, it's it's just definitely a precursor where they were where they were headed for sure. Yeah, it's a sheer exhibition of speed and fresh accomplishment. You know, already on the debut, I think you know it's a marvelous display of technique. It isn't as as addictive for me, but but I do again like with every song pretty much apart from the songs off Load and Reload uh, that we do on this show, I grow more uh, you know I, closer to uh, understanding and gain appreciation for. Uh, by doing the research and and you know kill them all is one of my favorite metallica records and and no remorse is uh certainly an enjoyable romp 231 times it's been played so a lot of times um it was debuted august 4th 1982 west hollywood california most recently played about three months ago december 5th 2018 in portland oregon i mean uh, you know so good that the band play these songs from their first album and they go down a storm yeah um you know and, and like i said before it's such a treat when you get to hear this i i think um one of the tours i saw it on probably in the mid to late 90s i think they're playing at um 
Ohio State University, um, their their football stadium there. And I want to say they they played re- no remorse then, and it was just you know mind blowing because that time they they were still kind of pushing all the load and reload stuff out, and um, they were kind of fresh off that. So for me, that was that was a treat, even though some some years were there to hear the the newer stuff but um i'm kind of an old head when it comes to that so i I can remember one of those shows there in ohio that i really enjoyed them kind of breaking that one out and as we always do at metallica pod we're open to feedback on there your thoughts on the song in a brief tweet or two um we've got a few here uh, on the twitter this one comes from jason wood he says raw and wide open no guessing with this song a raging new wave of british heavy metal tribute with snarl and light uh, Sabracab is saying underrated Sabbath bloody podcast goes follow them the best and think only Black Sabbath podcast out there shout out Rye says no remorse is rad opening riff is an onslaught and I love the way Cliff punches the riff changes uh, and catches all kinds of magic in the interlude uh, Ralph finally saying another kill em all fresh classic he doesn't get quite enough love these days especially live lyrics around unrelenting merciless army destroying all comers were a bit juvenile but still have their charm James's blood curdling scream of attack towards the end is just phenomenal um what about yourself phil any closing thoughts on this song um no other than i can just kind of uh reiterate the the comments you were getting from from twitter and and social media um i totally agree with all that um that's Mm -hmm. my that would be anything that i would add to the song they kind of encompass that in those comments there and you know it's it's one that you know it's not in my top 10 songs but it's it's one that i would never skip and i always get so much enjoyment out of listening to it um you know whenever it pops up randomly on a shuffle you know when you're driving or whatnot but uh Mm -hmm. you know love the song and always have yeah i'm just going to put it out there in the universe now i know it probably won't happen but maybe no remorse sm2 that would be nice, huh? I mean, I can't. I, I don't know if that would actually. I think that might sound horrible, low key. It, but... it probably would, but uh, it, it would be fun nonetheless. Yeah, yeah, I'd like to see that happen. But, um, but yeah, let us let us know down below. Email me metallicabodygmail.com. What do you rank make of No Remorse? Uh, good to hear from you guys. We'll just close with a few quick fire questions. Then your first, uh, sorry, your favorite Metallica song? Uh, probably Creeping Death. Mm, oh man, yeah. I'd say like if Creeping Death is in your top three, I question you as a fan. I kind of vary back and forth between Creeping Death and Battery. Um, yeah. Sometimes they're interchangeable when I'm listening, um, but Creeping Death's kind of always been that one, especially as a guitar player. That's the one that you're like, oh, man, I actually sound good playing this. <laughs> yeah, that um, verse riff's a killer, right? Yeah, a little bit of finger work. You know, once, you, once you're in your younger days, uh, you start playing that and you kind of figure that out. You, you feel like a god at that point, even mm. though it's one of their easiest songs to kind of jam on, but uh, still love playing it and still love hearing it. Yeah, and just... Parts of that creeping death riff, like the da 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 that is the easiest guitar part ever. That is so rudimentary, but oh fucking hell, it's anthemic and yeah, absolutely awesome, good pick. And just the the way it comes across live, you know, the the whole die chant, it never gets old and always sounds excellent. Yeah, yeah, it really does. Yeah, they didn't play. I've seen them once. I saw them in Birmingham. And that was the night they didn't do it. They did something else. So, uh, yeah, that was uh, <laughs> that was a pain to be robbed at. But still, yeah, uh, amazing song. What about favorite album by the band? Uh, probably Ride the Lightning mm. as well. Um, lately, though, I've been pretty hot on re-listening to Death Magnetic again. I, You know, the more I listen to that, the more I love it. It's a, Yeah, it's a gem, isn't it? It's just a shame about the mastering correct uh they they also just don't play enough of that stuff live anymore i mean i could you know being an old head guy i could 
you know, I could come off some of the uh, older tracks if they would throw a couple of those in, yep. but, uh, you know, I listen to it pretty hot and heavy on my playlist. Yeah, yeah, throw, throw more Apocalypse in. Throw that towards the yeah. end, please. Just don't do Fuel anymore. Do a Death Magnetic song there. Well, I like Fuel. Fuel feels decent, yeah. but um, I think I think Clint said like a magnetic melody would be pretty fire as well. That would be nice, but I, but there's just something about those songs, you know. Even though they're so long, yeah, they kind of labyrinth-like. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. I, I love to hear them in their entirety. Um, you know, throw a shorter one in, maybe all nightmare long in in space oh, of fuel, and I'd be fine. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a good choice. So, um, what about your favorite member of the band? Um, you know, being a guitar player, it's your a lot of people's always going to say James, but um man i don't think you can beat lars's personality and kind of his drive for the success of the band so i've i've actually got to go with lars on that yeah yeah i think he's he's the most fascinating member easily and you know he's a walking encyclopedia this guy like seeing him doing fan meet and greets and remembering where the band were 25 years ago is, it's amazing it really is yeah yeah the guy is a fucking savant and yeah really cool dude and i'll say again i need to find the link if someone can email me the link please that'd be great but i remember watching this dutch documentary when he was on the worldwide tour and it was this guy following him for like half an hour and it was subtitled from the hotel room to practice to lunch with the waiter backstage or whatever it was really really good and it was a great showcase of who he is as a person in a kind of rare candid light so um yeah lars is a yeah yeah can't argue with that he's He's always the funnest one to, um, if you're kind of searching for Metallica interviews on YouTube and things yeah. like that, he, he's always the best guy. I mean, granted, you have to have an hour, an hour and a half to listen to half of them, but uh, because he's not shy about talking. But everything he he kind of says, you can still see his passion for Metallica even now as much as it was back in the 80s, and, and it's refreshing to me. Let's get him on Joe Rogan. Like, had Hetfield on there. Right. And that, that was actually a good pod. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. I, I keep saying we're, we're going to do an episode on it. Um, I think me and a guest are going to sort of just rewatch it and do the big notes from it. So, yeah. No, I there's... think um, I think what grabbed me the most is kind of his distaste for the uh, Bay Area after all yeah. this time, and yeah. was was kind of surprising. And his, uh, you know, probably what most people think the most boring part of it. The best part of it was actually about the honeybees. You know? <laughs> so you you never really know what you're going to learn from these guys, and it's always no. fun. No, no, that yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the bees. Um, shout out the bees. What about seeing the band live? How many times have you seen them? Um, unlike Lars, my memory isn't that good. I mean, it's I've kind of lost track at this point. I mean, I've seen them quite a bit through the the mid to late nineties. Um, you know, I'm, I'm sure if my mother listens to this pod any time, <laughs> that she would probably be uh, caught reminiscent of some of the lies I probably told her to, to get out of the house and actually go travel to see these guys. Um, but you know, some of the best times was was probably in that early, you know, early two thousands. Um, you know, and they're on some of that summer sanitarium. It was kind of an odd tour, but it was unique. Um, and then you know, lately they've just been killing it. But but again, I've I've seen them so many times that I I would hate to put an exact number. I probably have to dig through the ticket stubs. Right. Um, but it's been quite a bit, and I've loved every one of them. And finally, if you were to do a podcast like this one about a band that you love, who could you do it about? I think it'd be easy to guess. I'd probably do one on uh, Pantera. Yes. Um, yes. Those guys um, still heavy in my playlist uh, yeah. right now, and I always have a new favorite song from them, even though they're they're old and past. But uh, you know, just love that band. Yeah, yeah, a band that I just keep getting into and absolutely adore. And, and like I mentioned before, this song, "Great Southern Train Kill," which 
as a song, constructive wise, is very odd. So it's a very aggressive opening two minutes, like this crazy onslaught of screams and riffing. And then the second half is just this giant loopy guitar solo. Um, and Dime just absolutely crushes it. It's probably my favourite Dimebag solo, actually, over this real Dwayne Ullman deep-fried riff. Like, oh, man, yeah, it, it, it's such a good song. And, uh, I, yeah, I completely... <laughs> I could see why you didn't want to listen to Load and Reload because of Pantera. That makes complete sense, absolute sense. So, um, yeah, thank you guys for listening. Uh, let us know again what you think about No Remorse. We'll be back next week to discuss Nothing Else Matters, which I've already recorded, and that was a really good episode. And now I want to sniff some glue as well. So we've got some cool episodes coming up. I guess finally, Phil, is there anything you'd like to promote yourself? Um, nothing really going on right now. Just, uh, you know, I, I continue to be a big fan of Metallica, and I just saw him here in Nashville recently. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, still just kind of being the big fan I am and, uh, you know, enjoying life with my, with my two little girls. So I'm not really promoting anything at this point, but, uh, just encourage people to, to kind of stay on that Metallica train. They've always got something coming. Oh yeah. Thanks again, man. And again, if people want to come on the show, metallicapod.gmail.com, get in touch with me there. Um, Patreon, iTunes, all the links that I say, if you want to help support, you want to give back to the show and get something back in return. But, uh, yeah, Phil, thank you again. This was great. Thank you, Tom. Appreciate it. <laughs>